With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the closest as we're going to get to the offseason as we are preparing to put on our GM hats. But before we get into that, welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. It's Wednesday. That means our fake doctor, Merrick Brave, is joining us. The Dolphins are gearing up for a trip to Detroit, and we want to help you guys gear up. So, Merrick Brave, Joshua Helps, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing well, Jake. Actually, I'm gearing up for a trip to Detroit as well because I'll be in attendance for this weekend's Dolphins Lions game in Detroit. Uh, actually, I just got the notification. My white Javon Holland jersey will be delivered tonight. So I'll be busting Frosty. that out Ooh. for the first time ever live in Detroit on Sunday. So if he uh, tears both his ACLs and his spine falls out of his butt crack, then uh, you know it was my fault. I am I am bleeping all that out. I'm just going to leave butt crack. Like spine falls out of butt crack. I'm deleting that. That is someone knock on something. Um. Dude, yeah, you're gonna look like Frosty the Snowman. I was gonna ask if you were gonna try any of that. Um, doesn't Detroit their pizza looks like it's just straight up sauce and like a deep dish? Is that what they're? Is yeah. that Detroit style? Are you gonna try some of that crap or not? Yeah, I'll try anything and everything. I'm a big food guy, so sauce. Did you just say crap about pizza? There's no pizza that Josh like. There, it, there's a, it was there's like a, it's like a crust with just sauce. It's like uh, a Josh Chicago pizza. Josh had... is bougie when it comes to food. Oh no, I need a Chicago's pizza is pretty bad too. I, I mean, did you you guys ever tried that? I mean, it's like just sauce. It's well, like sauce well, there, soup. There will be no slander to deep dish. I've already pizza. done it. I've already done I, it. I live two hours from Chicago. I've been many times. Deep dish pizza is delicious. Yeah, give me the poop. It's the only on... time I ever had it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I refuse to hate on bread. Growing up, I dated little Debbie, so I mean, just we're gonna leave the conversation at that. <laughs> So as I mentioned at the top here, we're going to talk about some trades. We're actually going to act like the GMs. I think we do a good job throughout the year of not being the GMs, letting them do their own thing. But today we're going to talk about trade rumors. But it wouldn't be a Miami Dolphins podcast if we did not talk injuries first. So gentlemen, first and foremost, Brandon Jones. It happened right after we finished recording the other night. Suffered a torn ACL. And we'll miss the rest of the season. Guys, that's that's a very tough, tough blow for the secondary. Can I get some initial reactions on that one? Yeah, that, that one hurts. Uh, Brandon Jones kind of grew into himself this year. Uh, and last year, really, uh, part of the the Blitz Boys, I believe they're calling him on, yep, on Dolphins like Twitter, right? Along with Javon Holland. Bash Bros? Uh, you know, he... 
something. I don't know something. They, but yeah, sure, we'll go with it. <laughs> Just you know, his presence will be missed. I think he's a he's a fan favorite, but he's also a favorite amongst his teammates. So I mean, as the Dolphins have done all year long, especially in that defensive back room, it's going to be next man up, and hopefully, whoever fills his shoes is up to the task. Yeah, it's going to be next man up, but it's absolutely a dagger, at least to the heart of all of us fans. I mean, I was mm-hmm. watching the game, and you're watching L22, and I don't know if it's just because now we lost him for the year or if not, but he is just everywhere. You know, you just see him flashing all over. We saw, you know, that's just the way he plays, almost like his hair's on fire. Again, not the best coverage safety, you know, in the world, but, I mean, what he brings in that blitz, you know, down there in the box was just game-changing, and now we're going to rely on some other guys, like an Eric Rowe, Clayton Fedjilum. I think I said that Beautiful. one right. And then, Ver- and then Ron McKinley the third. So um, uh, again, next man up mentality. I think those guys are all capable of filling in a little bit, but uh, losing Brandon Jones, that was definitely a punch to the gut. And maybe I should Photoshop Mario and Luigi. Maybe that should be, uh, you know, Javon Holland and Br- Brandon Jones. Maybe I'll do that next year. I love nickname. that you went Mario. You did not say Mario. You went I don't, Mario. You, know, you know how bad my speech is. Like I don't, uh, it's Classic. the honest. Yes. Classic Josh Houts. Lancaster oh, County. Like a- it's I'm like Amish or Mennonite. They're around here somewhere, man. I don't know. Whatever this is, I can't speak very well. You see, Alan said you said Mario like it's the 1930s, and I, I love you for it. Uh, the next one, we don't have too much to say, so I'm just going to kind of skip through it. Byron Jones, not expected back this week. That's just kind of how it is at this point. It's frustrating considering he hasn't missed a lot of games throughout his career. But hopefully, 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 I think, I think he has to be – is he on the list where you have to be activated in the first eight weeks or you can't come back? Oh, I have no idea, but I would imagine what research the coaches, we did. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine the coaches are feeling that if he doesn't get back to that at least 21 day activation window soon, they might be looking elsewhere to to fill some shoes, especially with the trade deadline coming up on November 1st. Yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to that question, Jake. That's something uh, above our pay grade, I guess. But um, that's the way it is with Austin Jackson, right? Isn't his timetable slowly ticking down that, you know, the walls are closing in if they don't soon activate him? Won't he be sent to the IR then for the season? Is that correct? I think yeah. he, about a week left on that. So maybe not this week, but next week. And to that, too, I think it, it's I don't know why we record on Wednesdays. I don't know why we record when we do, because we never get the injury report. We always just miss the news. It's just kind of how things work. Um. Uh, During Wednesday's practice, Austin Jackson, Teron Armstead, Melvin Ingram, Xavier Howard weren't seen at practice. And I'm not going to put too, too much stock into that. Wednesday, it seems like through what, seven weeks now, Wednesday is the rest day. I'm kind of getting that feel. So I don't, I don't think I put too much stock into what happens uh, today in practice. No, we'll see as the week progresses. It feels like, you know, outside of that untimely Brandon Jones injury and then the Byron Jones uh, saga that continues to uh, drag on here. It feels like outside of that, though, the Dolphins are getting healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, so knock on wood, all of us, wherever wherever we are, um, knock on wood that that trend continues because we've seen when the Dolphins are a healthy team, especially on offense, they are a dangerous team. I think Clayton Fedgelon was also part of that list, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. So. Hopefully hopefully I said that one right. We don't have it on our rundown here, but one of the things that was said today at the press conference, I want to get your guys' thoughts on it, was with Tua and his sliding, Jake. We talked about it in the last podcast. Do you guys have any thoughts on this? Because, I mean, it's kind of just become a whirlwind, and now people are sitting here, you know, they're running with my quote, you know, saying this is going to come back to haunt the Dolphins. Tua basically said, you know, it's football. I'm going to try my best not to slide, but, I mean, in the heat of the moment, you see the first down marker there. F it, set it in. So uh, we got your thoughts a little bit, Jake, last time. Uh, Merrick, what are your thoughts on that? Because this is something that is going to continue to come up after each and every time he takes off with the football. Can we even compare it? Sorry. Can we compare this to wrestling a little bit for someone who's wrestled for so long? Like 
you don't you don't train or prepare in a way to protect your body. You train in a way where it's just kind of set up as it is and you rely on your instincts after that. So so can you kind of include that in what you're talking to? And you can also tell me just to shut the hell up. No, no, you're exactly right. And I was probably gonna bring it bring up wrestling either way. It's just you Perfect. know something I've been doing for the last two decades. But yeah, as a performer, as a wrestler, we try to learn how to do things as safely as possible, as safe for ourselves and as safe for as our opponents. You know, it is a show after all. Hopefully I didn't just some little kids listening to this. I hope I didn't like <laughs> like ruin Christmas for them. You know, I'm not even going to go there. So, <laughs> but either way, like you can tell yourself one thing and you can learn how to do it in the exact correct way to, to protect yourself from injury and protect your opponent from injury. Uh, but it, it, I mean, at the end of the day, instincts take over and you're a competitor and you want to put your team in the best position to win a football game. And that's what Tua did against the Steelers when he refused to slide and instead he lowered his shoulder. And honestly, I've watched that replay multiple times. He led with his shoulder, not with his head. It was relatively safe. You still don't want to see a quarterback who makes a living throwing, you know, using that shoulder to throw, doing that. But I'm not going to sit here and chastise the man when, you know, he's just trying to do what's best for his team, what's best for himself. He's trying to, you know, provide provide for himself and his family for generations to come. And if he feels like he needs a couple extra yards to get that first down to do so, then he, he's a, a grown adult and, and that's his prerogative. So... Uh, we'll see what happens going forward, but I would guarantee that's not the last time you see Tua lower his shoulder and try to bowl somebody over. And I kind of like it when he does. Me too, don't tell anyone. Yeah, I mean, that's that's <laughs> where I'm at. I mean, you want him to be safe, but I mean, like people brought up, the injuries that he suffered so far, you know, the one was because he didn't see the guy coming around. You know, the guy was, he wasn't running or scrambling. I mean, I think I'd rather see him, you know, know what he's doing, see where that line is, see where those defenders are, and then make the best move. But I mean, the second to a time of low, a slide short of the sticks, I mean, then everyone's going to be bashing him yep. for that, right? I mean, then everyone will be on him for that. I just thought it was crazy. You know, it just seems like now three days in a row, you know, pregame, postgame, you know, he just keeps continuing to get, berated you know for trying to make a play which i think everyone wants him to do you know as long as he can do it in a healthy manner and he could kind of i think he could kind of tell that this was going to happen when he got up after that and he instantly looked at the sticks and realized he was like half a yard short i think that's when he realized everything he tried to do was just thrown out the window and nobody's going to care that he got a first down because he did it but but again i think it goes back to no matter what you do in life you can learn so much, but at the end of the day, it does come back to instincts. And I, I don't think you can change a football player who wants to be a football player. If he doesn't want to slide, he doesn't have to. The, the, the key here is it's what he wants to do. It's how he plays football. And that's just kind of what it is. It's his body. He does what he wants, right? Like Carmel, is that what Carmel said? My body, I do what I want. <laughs> that you, That's a spark note version of that conversation, Josh. That was, that was fire. I like that quite a bit. I'm going to put the spotlight here on our fake doctor real quick. Merrick. Darth Cater, Keon Crossett, Emmanuel Agba all were inactive last week. Uh, McDaniel came out about Agba saying, hoping we're getting him back on the field soon. Optimistic about Sunday. I know where his game was at. He is in a really good place. He wants to get back out there. Uh, we heard the same thing about uh, Cater and Keon last week that they were just kind of working their tails off. And it was kind of maybe even 50-50 that they'd play. So instincts on a Wednesday. How are you feeling about these three? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Mike McDaniel and his injury reports your guess is as good as mine i think it's all just kind of a, a shot in the dark where they're leaning but i felt somewhat optimistic on kohu and crossing as far as their avail availability for sunday's contest and i think it's important that they are available because for as you know maligned 
of a team as Detroit is and how, how men- yeah, basically, you know, they've struggled, they've struggled recently and they haven't won a lot of games. I think they're one in what one in five, one in six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, not a great football team, but their offense is pretty darn good. If you look up all of the rankings and the metrics, um, at least through the first four weeks or so, they were right up there. They were, they were, they were humming on offense. And that was before Amon Ross St. Brown suffered, uh, you know, some injuries. And then he was actually ruled out of their last game with a non-concussion, just like Teddy Bridgewater was. So he's technically in the concussion protocol right now without having a concussion. So he'll be available on Sunday against the Dolphins. Um, you know, you got TJ Hawkinson. Uh, it looks like DeAndre Swift is going to be back for that offense. So the Detroit Lions offense is a good offense, and we're going to need as many bodies back healthy uh, on the defense as possible. So I do feel a little optimistic on Kohu and Crossin, and I'd like to feel optimistic based on that uh, that quote that our our wonderful colleague Josh, Josh Houts provided with us. Uh, about Emmanuel Ogba, but I do feel like maybe that one's a little bit more iffy and maybe they give him another week to rest up because it did feel like that defensive line did a decent job without him being in there. I I liked what Jalen Phillips did. Um, Mm -hmm. I liked what Andrew Van Ginkle did quite a bit. Uh, He had a great game against the Steelers. So maybe they could withstand that injury uh, a little bit more than they can with these uh, defensive backs that seem to be dropping like flies each week. Yeah, that Detroit Lions offense is pretty good. You mentioned all the weapons they have, but not to spiral too far out of control, but did you guys see what they came out with then? I guess the NFLPA announced it right before we came on. You know, they talked to, they uh, said that they made the right decision with the Teddy Bridgewater thing. You know, they saw some unsteadiness and since the play was being reviewed, you know, they had time to all sit there and agree that uh, the pulling from that game. So again, I, I hate that I always throw these things out here that kind of throw us off track, but uh seems like some BS to me. What do you guys think? They're sniffing parts, but the thing is they're not good. Like the NFL, that's kind of where the, we're smiling, but that's kind of the difference between the NFL and the NBA. The NBA, after every game, they release a, a two-minute report, basically, where they actually come out and say, our, our bad, We this call was wrong with 30 seconds left in the game. And it, it has fans up in arms that people get things wrong, but hey, I'd rather someone get it wrong and say, hey, we know that this is wrong, and we acknowledge that, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and there's going to be faults. I'd rather have that happen than them just kind of sit here, kind of like the Mike Evans Evan, I won't inspire anymore. Merrick, take over. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement that that Ted, Teddy Bridgewater situation, while maybe they were, I don't think there was a conspiracy theory against the Dolphins and they were looking out for the best interest of the player, but I think they got it wrong. There's video mm-hmm. of it. He didn't stumble. He shouldn't have been removed from the game. It's in the past. We can move on. But I do think that this rule is going to come back to haunt uh, plenty of teams And eventually it's going to happen to a player that is beloved by everyone like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady. And then that's when you may see that rule get tweaked a little bit. But until then, we're just going to have to live with it. Yeah, that's my bad for making this spot out of control. We want to talk about trades, right, guys? And we we all saw the blockbuster. Before we do that, let's jump into a break and we'll do that on the other (laughs) side. This is Advertiser Content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! 
It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Merrick mentioned it at the top. We got a trade deadline approaching November 1st. That is roughly a week away. Gentlemen, I don't know if you're up to date, but the Miami Dolphins, they currently have San Fran's first-round pick. They don't have their own, but they also have a second-round pick. Two third-round picks, fifth-rounder, sixth-rounder, shout-out Jakeem Grant for that one, and a seventh. So, gentlemen, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with, are the Dolphins trading players, or are they trading four players? Pick your poisons. Well, I liked that that report that you threw up in the group chat earlier today, Jake, about the Packers looking to fill their wide receiver needs with a possible tight end. Can anybody on this podcast think of a team – with a tight end who's really good at catching, uh, catching the football, yet maybe doesn't quite fit the scheme of the offense that he's currently playing for. Anybody, anybody at all? Just Hunter a name. Long. Hunter Long. Hey! Hey! <laughs> I love it. I love it quite a bit. But the rumor, ESPN's Dan Graziano, Mike Gesicki, potentially on the Green Bay Packers radar, a league's source told Graziano that he would not be surprised if the Packers solved their receiver issues at tight end. Mike Gesicki in the last three weeks, 36 snaps, 50, and then 38. Obviously, we could say Durham Smythe being out had something to do with that, uh, but Smythe returned on Sunday. Gesicki still played 12 more snaps uh, on the year, 18 receptions for 197 yards and three touchdowns. Now, we can hold out two hands here, and we can stay on the left. Gesicki's getting more involved. He had the two-touchdown game they're figuring out. On the right, they're playing him because they want to sell him. And somewhere in the middle is, oh, my God, I pray to God he doesn't get injured. So, guys, does Gasicki stay on this team a week from today? Uh, gun to my head, I say no. I say Sorry, no. what would you need to take in order for someone to get Gasicki? So, what would you want? I guess that all depends on who's offering. If it's the Packers who want Gasicki, they're, they're desperate. Yeah, they're they're a little desperate at at receiver right now, and they have not been playing good football. They've been dropping a lot of games. Aaron Rodgers suddenly looks old. You know, we could be looking, uh, they could be looking for somebody to to kind of invigorate some life, inject some life into that into that offense, and maybe that's Mike Gesicki, and and he would be a good fit for them. Uh, you know, Rodgers, he can he can sling it, he can still throw it, um, and they could absolutely use the help. So, what does it take? If they're a little desperate, I think I'm certainly asking for at least a third round pick because you do hope that if Kasiki were to leave in the offseason, the Dolphins would be uh, in line to get that third round compensatory pick if he signs a big money deal elsewhere, and he probably will. Um, So if you're coming at me offering a fifth round pick, I'm probably going to decline that. But if you come with that third round pick or, or, you know, a package of picks that, that equate to that, then I might be, I might be interested. Or maybe you got some players that we could talk about too. You know, what's their cornerback room looks look like? What does their offensive line room look like? How do they got any linebackers they're willing to dump? Cause the dolphins do have some holes that need filling. 
Um, and maybe if they offload Gesicki, they can they can expedite that process. He he definitely said the Dolphins have some holes they need filling, right? Yeah, that was some, <laughs> okay. it's the blowhole on, yeah. on the top, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm I'm with you. I would think a third round pick. I mean, that's kind of what I would think. But I mean, as we've seen the value in these, I mean, we can sit here and say Mike Kosicki's worth a second, you know, a third, whatever it might be. But you look around the league. I mean, James Robinson, a very good running back. You know, different situation, obviously. Just got traded for a conditional what fifth, sixth. I mean. I don't know if a team would offer a third, but I think that's kind of where my starting point would be. I'm going to say, no, he will not be traded. I think he'll stick around. But um, during Mike McDaniel's press conference, you know, he kind of did say something about Cedric Wilson and maybe utilizing him more as the season progresses. I mean, you might see more Cedric Wilson if Mike Kosicki were on the move, right? Because, I mean, he kind of fills in there in the slot at times. Wilson, Azukama, he he might be ready to start taking the field. We don't know. I would hope to see us, you know, continue to build upon and continue to find ways to get him the ball. But I mean, we said it at the beginning of the year, you know, you kind of saw it throughout the first few weeks. He's tr- truly not a fit, you know, traditionally for what this Mike McDaniel, this Kyle Shanahan type offense needs at the tight end position. So if some team's going to give you a third, I guess I would say, yes, let's do this. And you'd hope they'd have a player that you can maybe get back in return, right? And that that's the thing. Everyone's kind of thinking about different ways the Dolphins can make the team better this year, right? And I, I don't necessarily know if the, the Packers are the team I'd try to get a player from. I, I mean, I, I'd try to hold him as tight as I can for a second round pick. I mean, he is our golden retriever, and I, and I don't want to give him up for nothing. Guys, you brought up James Robinson, and that brings me to the next question. Is it worth even trading for a running back? Robinson is a backup. He's now going to back up in New York after Bryce Hall got injured. Uh when we look at this Dolphins offense and you look at the coaching staff, you look at how they developed this roster, you always build it with the idea of everything's not going to be touched, right? You're going to have to play a fifth round pick somewhere and he might be bad. That's just kind of how the NFL works. You're playing a lot of players. Is there any value? You have Mike McDaniel, who is this running guru. You spent all this money on Tyreek Hill. How can you still think that running back is the position the Dolphins need considering they've built this entire offense around not needing to get a premier running back. Well, I mean, the only running back that's been effective on the Dolphins roster so far this season is Raheem Oster. He, you know, he's averaging over five yards a carry and he has looked good the last few games, but he has a long injury history in the league. And it almost looks like he's on somewhat of a snap count right now. And they want to kind of keep him around that 18 to 20 carries a game at most. Um, But the problem is when they sub in a Chase Edmonds, He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything well. He has one clutch fourth down run uh, on the season to help seal the victory against, I believe it was the Ravens or was it the Patriots? I can't remember off the top of my head at this point, but regardless, he has one solid play all year long. And uh, you know, he's tied for third in the league with the most amount of drops. And that's on 30% of his receiving chances. He has wait, dropped wait. 30%. So are you do you mean he's tied with three people for the most? He's tied for third in the league. I saw today that he's first. Oh, is he first in the league? Well, we might have to Someone might have little... tweeted that out too, so now I'm panicking a little. Now bit. we're going to go do a little NBC a little, Sports uh... cited him with 5 being the most in the league. 
As he does this, Josh, you got some thoughts? No, you're right, Jake. Chase Edmonds has five drops, according to NBC Sports. So much because that thing has like 400 likes right now, and like people are tagging (laughs) Chase Edmonds. One and two, never tag athletes. We can have this ecosystem. We can kind of be a little harsh, like be a little like, hey, this guy stinks, whatever. But there's never ever tag an athlete. Let them live. Let them live outside of the football field. But uh, five drops. Tied for most in the NFL. And then the, the very next tweet, actually, your tweet was number one, Jake. So congrats on that. The very hey. next tweet said uh, 17 targets for Chase Evans, 17 drops, which is not true, but I just thought it was a funny, <laughs> thought it was a funny tweet. So uh, congrats, Johnny Bananas 84. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> is it acceptable to tag him if you're doing highlight clips? Because I'm pretty sure that's why Mike Kosicki blocked me. So maybe I should just stop even doing that, tagging these players in their videos. But um, I, I don't know, Jake. I mean, we always said pre, you know, when we hired Mike McDaniel, you know, what got us so excited was the fact that he had this offensive system, you know, this run game that, you know, we could pretty much plug and play. And, you know, as we've seen, I don't know if we truly can plug and play right now. I mean, like Merrick said, Raheem Mostert's become that RB1. Chase Edmonds, I mean, every time he's in the lineup, it does seem like something bad happens. But again, I think a couple weeks ago, you know, we were all kind of excited about Chase Edmonds. You know, I did all the pre-draft videos and we're stoked. So part of me says just wait it out, you know, temper our expectations. But if he's sitting there dropping critical catches, I mean, I don't know what to say at that point. We do know Kareem Hunt's on the trade block reportedly for a fourth-round draft pick. I'm going to call that the JHIA uh, compensation because I remember my heart broke when the Dolphins traded. So, I mean, I could see the Dolphins going after Kareem Hunt for a rental if they truly feel like you know he could be that difference maker i mean i know he can make some plays in the passing game but um if it's up to me you know i think you also have antonio gibson written down here which i it could be mistaken but i thought there was some kind of rumor in the offseason that dolphins might have had interest in him so i mean i like all these running backs you have listed here you know i'm a fantasy guy so i see kareem hunt cam Akers, antonio gibson you know i get excited but I don't know that the Dolphins truly need this. I think they should be looking at a cornerback, some offensive linemen. You guys both have some nice names written down here. So um, I think I would take a step back with the running back. Let's keep that draft compensation, use it somewhere else, and let's draft the running back next year. Please, please, please. Maybe if you can get somebody on the cheap, the Niners just sent a whole bunch of draft picks for Christian McCaffrey and Mike McDaniel came from the Niners. So he has some familiarity with some players on their roster. Maybe you see what they would want for an Elijah Mitchell, who is eligible to practice after suffering an injury earlier this year. Maybe you see what they want for Jeff Wilson. You know, if they're willing to take a conditional seventh or or a sixth round draft pick for one of those two backs, I might be willing to swing that. They actually just cut, Kevin Coleman. I, I I don't know. I feel like I just go the, the cheapest route possible. I think at some point, there's just some positions on a football team based on the coaching. I feel like you just kind of, you can't have the best players at every position. Let's just, let's um, just let Miles Gaskin get involved, right? I mean, he looked pretty solid and Salvin Ahmed's still lingering, right? I mean, these are two guys that I think I'd, week. yeah, I think I'd rather both them, you know, right now over Chase Edmonds. But again, I mean, we're living in the moment and I can't help but look back a month ago and think how we were all so stoked about what Edmonds was doing. And the Dolphins are without a fourth round pick next year. Um, The Chiefs trade, they're sending, I think it's a fourth and a sixth next year. Guys, two players I think I'd be the most interested in. Um, Everyone's speaking about one cornerback, but but this name I saw on a list of potential trade targets. Guys, how about Stephon Gilmore in Miami? You think about the connection he has with the system. He's made for it. You see him struggle in other situations, which kind of signals hey, maybe he'd want to be somewhere with someone like Josh Boyer, the 2019 Defensive Player of the Year. He's under contract through next season. So yeah, you got to maybe pay a little bit, but you you have him locked in for two years. There were rumors about moving on from Byron Jones this offseason. If he can't come back and you need to get a cornerback, I mean, that seems like if you want to go as cliche in 
terms of plug-in plays you can. I mean, Stefan Gilmore, Xavier Howard, pray to God we turn off injuries. I mean, sign, sign me up for that if it's like a third-round pick. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement on the Stefan Gilmore trade, especially because he's coming from Carolina and they seem to be in kind of sell-now sell, sell now mode. With oh, he's in the their... Colts. Sorry. Oh, he's, excuse he's... me. My bad. Which are also, they, they're, they're starting Ellinger. Sure, so. sure, sure. But familiarity in the system, but by, by some chance, if Byron Jones is able to come back this season – Byron Jones has some safety experience. And with Brandon Jones just that. going down with the ACL, you could move Byron to safety and you could have Stefan opposite Xavier Howard on the other side in that cornerback room. And now suddenly you're rocking with a defensive back group that has Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Stefan Gilmore, and Javon Holland. And that sounds sexy. It does sound sexy, and we have to make sure we know that I tweeted out, I think before the last game, Javon Holland has, you know, experience playing in a nickel. We know Eric Rowe also played in a nickel, so those are two guys that could help out there at corner. I would be all for Stefan Gilmore. I mean, um, how many years do you know have we gone up against him, you know? So we kind of, as fans, respect his game and things like that. Another guy that's kind of been on the trade at least it was rumored, I think, a week ago, a week or two ago. William Jackson, the third, he's a guy that uh, pre-draft, one. one of the first mock drafts I think I ever did. I wrote for the Finsider. I had the Dolphins tra- taking him in the first round. I did have Derrick Henry in the second. I always have to mention that. But um, I liked him. <laughs> I, I mean, I see, you see his contract. You see he's struggling this year. But like many have alluded to, he's kind of in a zone scheme, and he's more of a man-to-man corner. So I can't even imagine what it might cost to you know pry him away from the commanders. But, um, again, you look around the league, uh, fourth with conditions. You know, I, I don't know what it might take. But I think William Jackson, you can add him to this secondary and feel pretty good. But I think that Stefan Gilmore is a great name for you guys to both bring up. And a guy who, again, shouldn't break the bank. I was going to joke. Why not we just uh, see what the Broncos want for Patrick Sertan the second and reunite with him with his father? Could we do that? <laughs> they might want senior if you're trying to get him. Senior and a first. And then, that. yeah, let's. I guess we could pull that off. No Benogany, send him there, too. <laughs> my my MVP of the week on the Finsider, I wrote an article in. You, you should have bought his jersey. Did you buy they, his jersey yet? What are you no, waiting on? It's too expensive. You got to pay by the letter. So uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I learned that with my Tonga Vailoa jerseys. But uh, yeah, no, I wrote an article about how I gave Noah the MVP of the week, not because of his full game, but because he had the game ceiling interception and he made the biggest play. And people lost their minds. There's still a lot of Noah Igbenogany hate out there. You know, you can't just give the man his flowers for one week. That's too much, apparently. People just forget how hard quarterback is. And like, unless you're a lineman who tackles someone or obviously false starts, like there's no more position that's more obvious when you mess up than cornerback. So, I mean, it's just so important to keep that stuff in mind. Guys, I think the one name, if we wanted to go real crazy, like turn off salary cap and Madden and really just make this happen. Guys, let's, let's trade for Bradley Chubb. I think this would be the most exciting if... If you want to be like the 2016 Dolphins and sign the best player possible and make waves, you go and, and trade a second for Bradley Chubb. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this, and I'll preface it by saying the Eagles just 25 minutes ago, as we are recording this, traded for defensive end Robert Quinn, where they traded a fourth-round pick for him, and Chubb's better. He's on the last year of his deal. I think there's even conversations going on that wherever he goes, he would want to sign a contract there, so that has to be put in mind. But guys, second-round pick to put Bradley Chubb on this defense – who says no? Oh, oh, second round picks are so are so valuable. We've already traded, mm-hmm. but yeah, you know what? F it, send it in. Damn Reno gif right here. Send it in because you are all in. I I hate when people are like, oh, we're still a couple pieces away. No, you traded 
so many picks and paid so much money to Tyreek Hill to yep. get him to Miami. You don't do that unless you're all in. And when Tua Tungavailoa is healthy and he starts games and he finishes games, the Miami Dolphins are 4-0. and When he doesn't, they're 0-3. Well, guess who's back? Yeah. Tua's back. He, he played against the Steelers. And they won. It wasn't beautiful, but they won. They're going to get back on track offensively. And if you can add any piece to this team, I don't care if it's a cornerback, offensive line, running back, defensive end, whatever it may be, linebacker, do it. Just do it. Just do it. Because we are long-suffering Dolphins fans who have watched just, just, just drivel on television for decades after decades. And I just want a team to win and I don't want to die before the Dolphins win a Super Bowl. So I don't care. It's not my pick and it's not my money. Trade it for Bradley Chubb. Let's go. Yeah. It, I mean, it's hard to follow that up, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I it, it would give me, I was going to joke, it would give me a Chubb if they traded for Bradley Chubb. I mean, I have no issues with that. 26 total sacks throughout his career. If it's a second, I mean, F it, send it in. Another guy that I want to throw out there was one that we talked about way, a few, way down the line, but it was Roquan Smith. I mean, I don't think anything's really happened there with the Chicago Bears, but if I'm in a pipe dream, I got to choose any guy that I want. I mean, that's a guy that I've gone to bat for. Not really sure the Dolphins have a, uh, necessarily a need at linebacker you know we talked about Landon Roberts in the run game Duke Riley doing some nice things in the passing game and still chitting Tyndall lingering around but um if I had to choose that one guy that pipe dream I'm gonna throw uh Roquan Smith out there but to both your point you know why not trade if you're gonna can we make a splash with this first rounder can we find a guy around the league Let's that go. we can trade this first rounder Let's for go. because Bradley we mentioned Chuck, the, just do it for Bradley yeah Chuck. we mentioned a Christian McCaffrey deal I mean that first is going to continue to to plummet it seems anyway but yeah um Anybody, bring in anybody, get this team better, and let's build upon this four and three start because um, this is uh, the team on paper at the beginning of the year that we all got so excited for and thought, you know, why not us? Breaking and news, the Dolphins did it. They've signed offensive lineman Grant Hermans to the practice squad. Wow. Turn up. He, he was on my top 150, so I'm glad they got him. The injured I'm, I'm injury report came out. Should we run down the injury report? Dude, good way to wrap up the show. Let's I was look. hoping yeah, this was like it. a blockbuster, like when Jake told me that the Dolphins were trading Tyreek Hill, and you just say like Herman Munster or something. Okay, uh, Teron <laughs> Armstead did not participate. Clayton Fedulum uh, did not participate. Xavier Howard did not participate. Melvin Ingram did not participate. Durham Smythe did not participate. And then a bunch of guys limited. Eichenberg, Moster, and Tua were full go. Um, a Wednesday injury report. Don't put too much stock into this, but um, Keon Cross and Cater Coho, you know, those guys were limited. So I guess that's some promising sign, but uh, we'll check back on this later in the week when we do our preview show. But um, any day now, what's the trade deadline? November 1st, right? Is it a yeah, Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. 4 p.m. I'd assume that's just. They, Maybe we could try to do a special uh, podcast if they do anything cool that day. We'll, we'll move be Wednesday to Tuesday. Can you do that, Mer Merrick? <laughs> I can do anything. That, that was straight out of the wrestler right there. That's what I just heard. But I, I think I, I've enjoyed this conversation because I've been thinking about how I wanted to word this. And I think the key here is we're all kind of open to anything. And the key is for them to be impactful, right? They have to come in here and actually be able to do something where I don't want to feel like I'm piling on this one position. I don't know if I'd ever feel that way if they signed any of these running backs. Cam Akers, who came back obviously way too early and is struggling to sustain the success. Kareem Hunt, who is great but cannot really be that full-time guy. And Antonio Gibson, someone who is not even a star. I don't know if any of those guys have that impact of uh, uh, Bradley. Ch obviously, they'll cost a lot more. But I just don't know if, I guess, what does is, what is one of these guys add half a win to the season? Like, I know that's a really basic math way to put it, but I, I don't know. It doesn't tickle my fancy. 
No, there are more impactful positions than running back. You know, the Dolphins need defensive back help, linebacker help, offensive line help. Thank God for that Grant Herman signing. Coaching but, help. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, Mike McDaniel, we all like him, but he he showed uh, his greenness on Sunday night. He had some issues there, but, you know, he'll learn. He'll get better. Was he passing it around? Does. Or was, was he keeping that greenness all to himself on the sideline? Live, laugh, <laughs> learn. Isn't that what all those cute things say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. We're spiraling, spiraling out of control here towards the end. But I think I'm, I think I'm in the same boat you are, Jake. I'm not interested in really trading for a running back. I guess the only name on that list that I would have interest in would be Kareem Hunt I at the right price. At yeah. the right price for sure. Um, but Cam Akers, you know, he's kind of already in a, a similar offensive scheme that the Dolphins run now, and he was real bad at it. Just, just did not play well in that scheme. Uh, so bad, in fact, that they're trying to move on from him already. So uh, I don't want Cam Akers. Antonio Gibson just, I don't know, he doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy very often. And I don't know, it just, he kind of fell off a cliff real quick. But, mm-hmm. but Kareem Hunt, that's somebody who's always produced, whether it was in Kansas City, Cleveland, um, and we don't need him to be a feature back. We need him to complement Raheem Mostert. And Kareem Hunt has a really high career yards per carry average as well, similar to uh, Raheem Mostert. And then we could have running backs who have names that rhyme, Kareem and Raheem. And, oh. we, and then we could listen to Josh try and talk about that every week on the podcast. Say it five times fast. Kareem Raheem the dream. I, I like that. I mean, wow. sign me up for that. Sign me up. I, I mean, I, I am indifferent because I think I am in so many fantasy leagues. That I probably have a share of all these guys. So if any of them end up in Miami, I, I, I'll be stoked. So um, I'm with you guys. I think, you know, if anybody has a front row seat at what Cam Akers can do, it should have been Mike McDaniel, right? You know, they played him twice a season. Antonio Gibson, he was a guy I've always been a huge fan of, but like you guys said, he, got supplanted by a rookie and uh Kareem Hunt definitely fits I guess what the Dolphins would need right he's kind of a bruiser a little bit again and can a help great in the pass catching yeah, I was just gonna say can help in the pass game and he's probably a better pass protector as well than Chase Edmonds but um I think again the Dolphins already invested that money in Chase Edmonds they might see this thing through at least till the end of this year I don't know yeah, guys I would assume so uh, yeah two-year deal gentlemen this has been a lot of fun sorry everyone out there we spiraled a little bit of out of control there but I I think I think there was we there were the rails we could always see the rails we might have fallen off them but they were always in our sight merrick at mbrave13 on twitter if you guys are looking for some more merrick as you should check him out on the finsider and once a week he he hosts the finsider twitter space merrick that's that's usually a tuesday night thing i know sometimes you've done monday but yeah we we, we switched over to monday as of late but next week we will be doing tuesday since halloween is on monday and we want to make sure everybody's able to uh trick-or-treat with their kids or you know what screw it Throw on a costume and go trick-or-treating by yourself. There's no Facts. rules. There's no actual written rules about Halloween. So do whatever you want, but we'll be back with the Twitter space next Tuesday uh, and then going back to Mondays following that. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, no, I highly encourage you to not only check that out, but I like your uh, thoughts on Halloween. I approve and um, I'll get Real my quick, what are you dressing as? What, what's your costume? What do you got, Jake? Oh. I'm I'm such a basic. Oh my god! I just I just have a State Farm polo, so I'm just Jake from State Farm. It's real basic, Love but it, it works. Josh, Josh, <laughs> you got kids, so I know yeah, you're dressing my, up. My daughter's obsessed with Sonic, and she her sister's going as tail, so I'm going to be Doctor Robotnik. So I'll try to take a picture oh, of that. Twisting actually... my mustache up, going to make my hair look all crazy. Oh, that's really uh, fancy. Yeah. What about you? I... Uh, uh, I'm old, and I'm going. I don't even know. Oh, if we're both old. We're, we're, know we're, this. we're both I, old. I'm, the same age. I'm going as 
uh, Robert Smith from The Cure. The band The Cure. I'm going as okay. Robert Smith. So teased out here. But not nice. only am I going as Robert Smith, I'm going. This is so nobody's gonna get this. But <laughs> I'm going as Robert Smith from the Lullaby music video, where he dresses up as this e evil character called, no joke, the Spider Man. But not that Spider Man. The Spider, Spider Man. So I'm going as Spider Man. Robert Cure or Robert Smith from The Cure, and nobody listening to this podcast has any idea what I'm talking I about. I looked it up, and it's terrifying. It's scary. <laughs> yes, it is scary. I love it, Josh. We're gonna have to use that. You, we need a picture of you like that because that's gonna be our picture every time we rant about something crazy. It's just gonna be you dressed up as Doctor Robotnik. I think that kind of fits <laughs> perfectly. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your day. We are looking forward to seeing you next time. But until then. Spins up. Spins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins.